0: Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now, here's your host, Dale Dixon.
1: A TED Talk and better, honing those presentation skills. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and each and every week we dive into one of the core competencies detailed in the book, The Complete Leader. If you haven't read it yet, we definitely recommend you do so, but these podcasts stand on their own as a way to hone the craft of leadership in your life. And each and every week we turn to Ron Price, who is the co-author of The Complete Leader. He's an internationally recognized business advisor, executive coach, speaker, and author, known for his creative and systematic thinking, business versatility, and practical optimism. Ron's worked in 15 countries, served in almost every level of executive management over the past 35 years. As the former CEO of a multi-million dollar international company, Ron understands the challenges and risks of running a business and building a dynamic team. And on top of that, an amazing presenter. If you ever get a chance to listen to him in person or watch one of his speeches on video, I definitely recommend it. It is fantastic. Ron, great to be with you again.
0: Thank you, Dale. It's great to be with you. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Oh, these are always fun. Uh, I love talking about presentation skills. And, you know, I I immediately think about Seinfeld and one of his jokes that, uh, based on the fact that so many people are scared of giving a speech, giving a presentation, usually it's, uh, you know, at a funeral, most of the people in the room would rather be in the casket than up at the podium speaking.
0: Yeah, uh, Seinfeld has such a great way of telling us what we already think.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, what, what's your experience? What do what do you uh, what, what do you see in this arena as you're working with with people all over the world when it comes to presenting? And and they say, Hey, listen, Ron, I've got a presentation to make. What's the level of anxiety that you experience? Is that true? Well, ac-
0: actually, over time, I see it changing. I I think that what he said when he told that joke and what the surveys have traditionally captured uh, was true probably for previous generations more than it's true today. Uh, And part of the reason for that, I think, Dale, is because we have so much more exposure to presenters today. I remember that when I was young, first getting started in my career, that if you wanted to hear a presenter, you either had to go to a live event or you may find access to an audio tape of that presenter. Of course, these were cassette tapes back then, or if you went way back, they might've even been eight tracks, but we just didn't have that much access to presenters. Whereas today, everywhere you turn, you have exposure to presenters. And I think the more we watch other people do it, the more relaxed, the more interested we become in doing it ourselves. Now, now I'm not naive to say that I think that's true for everybody. There's still a lot of people who have a lot of fear for presenting, but I don't think it's as many as there were maybe 30 or 40 years ago. Through the internet, through TED Talks, through multiplication of presentations that are made both in the office and at association events or club meetings or things like that. I think that as a population, we're getting more comfortable with the idea of presenting. We're seeing a variety of presentation styles that make us feel comfortable with whatever our style might be.
1: Hmm. So, typically in these podcasts, when it comes to uh, these core competencies that we're talking about as part of the Complete Leader, we dive into defining the skill. Here it seems pretty obvious.
0: Yeah, it does. And yet I think that one of the things when you think about developing skills, you begin to recognize that there's a hierarchy of development that helps us to enrich our understanding of, in this case, what presenting skills are by expanding our definition. So what do I mean by a hierarchy of development? When I was a a young boy, I think probably around six or seven years old, somebody told my mom that I had the hands of a piano player. And of course I really didn't, but my mom believed it. So she got me piano lessons. And I think of p- learning how to play the piano as a way of, it, it, it's an analogy or it's an example of learning how to develop skills. I didn't start by playing compositions written by the original composers. I started by learning a scale. And after I'd learned how to play a C scale, then I learned the F sharp scale and then the G sharp scale. And you get the idea that any skill that you develop, you're developing it incrementally. And if you understand that, you never get to the point where you feel you've completed your development of that skill. There's always something more that you can learn. So in this case, with presenting skills, we can start with a simple definition, which is communicating effectively with groups. But but of course, we know that how you go about doing that is where we begin to think about a variety of ways that we develop our skill as a presenter. And Dale, I can't help but think this is an area where I think you really excel, you're superior to me. Because you've made a lifetime of studying presenting skills, first through your uh, degree in broadcast journalism, and then through the variety of career opportunities that you've had, and finally, in the way that you've coached other leaders. So I'm going to sort of turn the table today as we talk, and I'm going to start by asking you, what would you do, what would you recommend for somebody who wants to work on further developing their presenting
1: skills? Thank you very much for that. The first thing that comes to mind is, is what I always say and repeat often, and that is audience first. And I love the idea of clarifying questions. And so the, you know, the question that I always encourage that I ask myself before a presentation, am I here to make a point or am I here to make a difference? And if you're trying to present to make a point, it's usually the presentation is focused on you, the presenter. And the audience will pick up on that immediately and completely disengage. Especially. Well, I think
0: that's that's a great place to start, Dale. And what it, what it makes me think of is you should never accept an invitation to present on something where you don't think you're gonna make a difference.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, When when you're asked to present, you need to have a passion and uh, a level of knowledge about the uh, the topic that where you're able to truly give to the audience and help the audience achieve the next level, so to speak,
0: even if that audience
1: is at level one, move them to level two.
0: Great. So what's next? You've got the right audience. You're going to be talking about something where you really think you can make a difference. What would you advise a leader next?
1: So uh, yeah, audience first, number one. And then number two is uh, would be one thing. Just the one thing. Get your presentation simple and focused on the one thing that you want that audience to walk away with. In this age of multiple distractions and a mobile device constantly being looked at, our attention span as a human being is is dramatically shorter. I mean, the research just shows it. And so it's really important for us as communicators who are really working to help somebody is to get Get that presentation clearly defined. What's the one thing that when this person, you know, I think about a person sitting in the audience, what's the one thing that they're going to walk away with and remember that's going to help them in their, in their situation, make them that better person, whatever the purpose for your presentation, what's the one thing they need to remember?
0: Now, that's really interesting to me because I think a lot of us, um, maybe because of insecurity, think that we have to have a lot of content when we present, that we have to wow them with our intelligence or with all of the ideas that we have. And yet you're saying get it down to that one thing that's most important to communicate. And then you're telling us that audiences today have short attention spans. So how do you hold on to them if you're only talking about
1: one thing? Think about you as an audience member, and I'd encourage all of our podcast listeners to do this as well. Would you rather hear somebody talk about dozens of things for an hour and a half, or would you rather have them talk about one thing with great clarity and passion for 20 minutes?
0: Obviously great clarity and passion and one thing that I can leave that I really know what I can do something about it as an audience member some way that I can respond that's the thing that's going to hold on to me and you know you take me back to Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address I, I, I recall that actually he wasn't the only he matter of fact he wasn't the primary person to give a speech that day there was somebody who spoke before him who went on for an hour or 90 minutes, and none of us remember who it was. And his speech was, what, five to seven minutes long, and it's considered one of the great speeches of all history.
1: Exactly. We, as human beings, appreciate short to the point. And I think this is why we see TED Talks so incredibly popular with millions and millions of views, because they're easy to digest. The people who are giving the presentations are truly passionate about the topic and know it very well and present it in an engaging way that keeps the audience caught up in, in the topic.
0: So would you encourage us to watch TED Talks as a way of developing our presenting skills?
1: Uh, with, with the caveat that you're not there to copy, But you're there to see the technical skill of how the great presenters that really connect with you do it. So, uh, yeah, you've got to be you. You've got to be genuine and authentic and real. So we're not asking you to copy a TED Talk. But what we're asking you to do is just see how those really good communicators do it. What skills do they use? How do they tell stories? How do they... uh, What's their stage presence like? How do they handle walking around on a stage? And, and just notice those technical aspects about the presentation. It's a great way to learn.
0: So this is interesting for me because probably the first thing I tell people when they ask me about improving their presenting skills is I talk about how important it is to be authentic, that this is what the audience will connect with more than anything else. It's the beginning point, and authentic means that you're not trying to pretend to be something. You want to show them who you really are, what your convictions are, and that goes back to the one thing that you want to communicate. But then in addition to that, I always think about, let's make sure that we don't do anything that distracts from our message, that that we avoid either words like, you know, or ums, or a lot of times we'll say, this is what I'm talking to you about, right? So we're going to do this right. And we throw in extra words that are really just bad habits, that end up sometimes distracting people, and they focus on those more than they focus on our primary message. And you're saying that there are other technical things about the way that somebody moves their hands or arms or the way that they walk. All of these are part of what either add to or detract from your authentic message.
1: Absolutely. As I think about presenting, I want to create a distraction-free environment up on the stage I don't, I want nothing about me from my haircut to the clothes I wear to, I don't wear jewelry. But if, you know, if if you do wear jewelry, the jewelry can't distract all the way to, you know, when I speak at a conference, they, they love to give you a badge on a lanyard to hang around your neck. And it has a, oftentimes a big tag across it that says speaker that never goes around my neck when I'm presenting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, the name tags, everything comes off, and I do that look to be sure that there's nothing about me that's going to create a distraction for somebody in the audience. Because it's amazing what people pick up on. I mean, I was a television news anchor for uh, a number of years, and most of the viewer communication had nothing to do with the content. It had everything to do with what somebody was wearing Words somebody chose, nothing about the content, everything about the visual aspect. So we work to have a distraction free environment.
0: Yeah, I I remember years ago when I was uh, getting started doing TV interviews, you coached me and said, Ron, I know you love rotary and you've got that rotary pin on your lapel, but if you want people to focus on what you're saying, take that pin off when you go into the studio. And you're absolutely right. It's funny what we notice when we're watching somebody else. And maybe part of that is because the visual senses are actually stronger in many of us than our auditory senses.
1: And it matches up with this short attention span. You're on stage. You are speaking in a fluid manner. If you have something on you that is distracting to an audience member, they will disengage with the words and the message, even if it's for five to ten seconds. Think about the content, and you can deliver a sentence or two sentences. You can deliver the key piece of the message that you want everybody to walk out with. And if you're presenting a distraction, people in the audience will be completely disengaged with the words and focused on the distraction and miss, potentially miss the most important thing about the message. And that's why we work so hard to get rid of distractions, especially in TV interviews, because you have 12 seconds to get a point across.
0: Yes. Well, so I want to shift gears a little bit um, because Clearly, a lot of people will have the opportunity to present from a stage, a traditional stage. But for most of us, presenting is going to happen in a conference room or in a boardroom. It's going to be with a smaller audience. And of course, often we depend on technology, whether it's a slide deck, a PowerPoint, or a keynote, or whatever. Give us some ideas of how we can be more effective in that more intimate setting.
1: Whether the audience is two, 2,000, 2000- 250,000, you're dealing with human beings. And that's why, that's why we say audience first. So I approach it all the same. I think about the one person in the audience that I want to connect with and I truly want to help and encourage. And I want that person to be better tomorrow than they are today based on what I give. And so in that conference room of two or 12, um, I'm going to treat it the same way. We're we're all human beings. I want to connect with you at a very real, genuine level. I'm going to bring my best self. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to look for ways that I can serve you even from the stage, make it easy to focus on what's going on. I'm going to uh, help you better understand the topic that I'm bringing. So I would say it's regardless of the audience size, um, I'm going to really focus in on the individual. When it comes to the presentation, The presenting software, regardless of what presenting software you use, same concept applies. Is it going to be a distraction or is it going to help? Am I going to use it as a crutch to get a point across or am I here to truly uh, help you through this process?
0: Randy and I wrote about you in The Complete Leader because you're one of our great examples of somebody who has developed presenting skills as a true skill. You've really worked at it and you've studied it for a long time. And in the book, one of the things we talk about is that often you start by telling people what not to do. So when it comes to so many people are using slide decks these days, when it comes to the slide decks, can you give us two or three or four don'ts and then a couple of do's?
1: Don't read from your slide deck. Don't turn around and look at the image projected behind you so that you're turning your back to the audience and I'm always focused on the positive I can think of a lot of things to do with a slide deck keep the slides simple and mostly visually oriented so I'm thinking pictures and graphics and not clip art uh, from Microsoft but the more you can take pictures and and in this day and age it's really easy because you can you got a smartphone with you and you can snap pictures just about anywhere and the pictures that your, your phone takes are amazing. And so you can include those in the presentation, but I use my presentation slides when I use them to just supplement and to help the audience get a more clear understanding and to visualize. And so they're gonna be pictures, they're going to be graphics, clean, simple, one quick glance and it's easy to orient. Um, I don't put words up on, I use very, very few words only when I absolutely have to.
0: It's, uh, interesting because again, you coaching me several years ago, one, of one more, the don'ts that you gave me was never walk in front of the projector. Mm. <laughs> and all the time we see people who not only walk in front of the projector, but they plant themselves in front of the projector. So the slide is being, uh, projected onto their face, and of course that's another distraction for the audience. It's so funny, deal because as I travel around the world and uh, am involved with complete leader cohorts who are learning these skills together, quite often they will quote you and they'll remind me about some rule that I'm breaking that they've learned from you that you shouldn't do (laughs) when you're presenting. And it it makes me feel good. It means that they're learning how to develop their presenting skills. And I think really to close things up here today, what I would say, you, you hit all the points that I was thinking of making and I think you're more qualified than me because of the investment you've made in this. What I would say in closing, though, would be that the one thing that is going to help you get better and better at your presenting skills is you just keep doing it. You look for opportunities and you recognize that every conversation you have with somebody is an opportunity to work on your verbal communicating skills. And the more that you develop those, the more relaxed, the more competent, the more effective you're going to be. As you said, whether it's an audience of one or an audience of 250,000. So you've given us some really great advice today for how we can keep getting better at presenting as complete leaders.
1: Well, thank you. And and I'll just key in on on that point and how important it is. Preparation for any presentation is key. Every time I talk to somebody and they're getting ready to present, I always like to ask some version of a question. How much preparation went into this presentation? And I have to admit, I cringe when I hear, oh, I'm just going to wing it. Yes. Because there are very
0: few of us that can do that successfully.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I would argue that really nobody can just wing something. There has to be preparation. If you're truly going to move an audience and if you're going to truly make a difference, there has to be preparation and knowing the audience and getting your point down to a very clear one thing and, and being prepared, practicing it over and over again. Uh, and you'll be surprised where the preparation comes from. It's funny. We have a mutual friend who has a radio show, and I got a text message this past week. My guest just canceled. Can you fill twenty minutes, five minutes from now? <laughs> and I said, sure, absolutely, uh, because and and um, we I stepped in, and and we had a twenty minute conversation about a v- very specific topic of building trust in business. And when we finished, uh, my wife was in the room, I did it remotely by phone, and we finished and my wife says, how in the world can you do that without any preparation? And I said, well, I'll argue that I've had decades of preparation to be able to do that. It doesn't just come automatically. It's really practice, lots and lots of practice, and fine-tuning the art. Well said communicating effectively with groups.
0: Yep. Well said, which is why we should always be looking for opportunities. Well, if our listeners want to get more information on presenting skills, of course, they can go to the complete dot org. We not only have these podcasts, but we have videos available there and a lot of other materials. Dale, we've sort of turned things around today. So it's really with great pleasure that I get to say you've been listening to the complete leader podcast. Everything you need to become a high performing leader. Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online at thecompleteleader.org.